Welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage where it will be subjected to hours of torture until it finally confesses to being involved in an attempt to bring down the Houses of Parliament. I'm Joel, a man who puts the POW in gunpowder, and across from me is John Harris, whose personal gunpowder plot was foiled when he was caught putting a number of fireworks in the cellar of his local branch of Waitrose. Take him down! Take, take down Waitrose! Take down Waitrose! Hate Waitrose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really. I just can't afford to shop there. I, I, I don't really know what it's like. I've never actually, I don't really know what it's like in a Waitrose. Yeah, and I'd never shop in Waitrose too. You don't shop in Waitrose because Ocado just bring it to you, don't they? Whereas I'm out here looking in Skips. Joel's out here looking at Skips. He means at he oh, buys Skips. are delicious. Skips. <laughs> I, buy, I, eat a lot, a lot I eat a lot of Skips. It's <laughs> a so mostly Skip-based diet. I would imagine. Do you skip meals, people say to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> skips are my meals. I'd imagine a lot of the international listeners believe that you just eat massive bins, which I'm really enjoying. <laughs> I uh, was terrible at um, triple jump at school. I just thought the middle instruction was eat, eat some skips. You skipping school? Yeah, I'm skipping school. <laughs> just sat in the, back of the classroom eating skips. God, we got more out of that than I thought we would. <laughs> oh, anyway. On the subject of getting more out of a thing than we think we can, should we do some Welcome films? to episode 12. John. You're first up to the plate. Hit me with a film suggestion from one of our beautiful listeners. This one comes from Jess. Gorillas in the Mist. But it's the band from the noughties and stuff. In a fog. You know that at Nando's, on the back of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the back of their t-shirts, it says Gorillas in the Mist. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's what I thought you'd said. No, Gorillas. I thought it would be like an, a film about Nando's. I mean, when I got this one, my first... I, I really only have one for, and it is the idea that you know, it's a jungle, it's misty, and you hear, Just Nice, I like that. That's all, that's all I've got. That's all you need. Yeah, and I guess it's animated. They did live animations when the last album came out. Do you see that? And people were interviewing them. Yes. That was so cool. The gorillas are amazing. One of the things that they played the Brits and the EMAs one year, the year that Feel Good Inc. came out, and they did like the smoke and mirrors tricks so that it looked like they were genuinely on the stage. And I remember watching that with goosebumps, thinking, "This is the future." You, what, this you're reading. Is how a, you're reading goosebumps. <laughs> yes. How old have you been? <laughs> so, so I put down my copy of Goosebumps because <laughs> gorillas were on stage. No, and I remember thinking, "Yeah, this is how all music's going to be from now on." Yeah. And then apparently it costs way too much, and it's never really been done again, apart apart from Tupac. A Tupac hologram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, gorillas, right? Arguably better than Blur. I do also love Blur. Yeah. But. Is there anyone else that has arguably been in a second better band than their initial band? So there's only a few that I can think of off the top of my head who are like famously like in lots of bands. Jack White is one. Yeah. Raconteurs are very good. Not obviously White Stripes level, but... Paul McCartney and the Wings? It's just Wings, but yeah, Paul McCartney and Wings. Is it just Wings? Pretty sure. If it's not, then I have to hand back my Beatles card that I got when I was younger. (laughs) No, I don't think there are. I don't think there are many bands that you could say their second project is equal. I don't. I, and it's probably more commercially successful if you're going to put on like a little nerd hat. Yeah. Fun chat. So it's actually mostly a documentary about 
Damon Albarn. Uh, Alex James called his uh, his autobiography a bit of a blur, which I like. So maybe Gorillas in the Mist is his follow-up book where he follows his former bandmates. News. Just out of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he packs up a little knapsack of cheese and goes out into the jungle to follow Damon Albarn discovering gorillas. So you're in the elevator with the film producer. <laughs> right, so I've got this film for you. <laughs> Ex-bassist of Blur follows Damon Albarn into the jungle. <laughs> to find gorillas. Because he's jealous. That's a great idea. Because he's jealous, yeah, of the second project. Wait, so Damon Albarn's a new second... Wait, are you telling me that the band Gorillas are so inspired by the the creature Gorillas that they, before recording each album, they go to the jungle to... No, I'm saying that Damon Albarn discovered them in a jungle. The band? Yeah. Uh, he found 2D, Noodle, Murdoch yeah. and Russell. In the jungle? Yeah. Check that out. He heard some rumblings, heard some rumours, stuff going down near the Amazon, and said to, uh, said to Alex James, oh, I'm just going to go on a holiday, actually, South America, but there was a look in his eye that old James he didn't trust. There's a nice bit where, like, you know, you've got the camera shots of Damon Albarn <laughs> in the jungle with animated characters. <laughs> <laughs> just handing over CDs and stuff. Yeah, I like it, Jess. Thanks, Jess. That's, That's fun. I assume when she said Gorillas in the Mist, that was what she thought. Probably exactly that. You got um, one? Yeah, yeah. So this has come in from Ben. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but recently there's been a bit of coverage um, from Simon Pegg about his proposed follow-up to Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah, from Dust Till Shaun. Yeah. Which he's explained the plot of. I'm not going to do that one. Um, where, you know, it would be Shaun against vampires, which sounds fucking brilliant. You think? Yes. Don't you? Yeah, I think he meant it as a joke, though, right? Yeah, but they wrote it like a joke treatment of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, further than most people get with jokes. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's a pretty advanced <laughs> level of a joke. It was just a joke. Like, we just had a few meetings with a few execs. <laughs> and, yeah, we shot like 60 minutes of it. It was just a big jokey shoot. I heard that that uh, recent film Snowmad was a joke. They just went a bit, <laughs> a bit too far, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah Fassbender in interviews like, come far. on, guys. <laughs> so Ben thought, why stop there? A Sean Universe. Yeah. Wait, a Sean universe? Yeah. I thought it was going to be a Cornetto universe where we make sequels to all the Cornetto films. Ben wants no, a Sean universe. Ben wants a Sean universe. You can save your Cornetto universe for another time because I've got Sean on the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen Born on the 4th of July? Tom Cruise wheelchair. Simon Pegg wheelchair. Simon Pegg wheelchair. They're mates as well, so I'd imagine he could get actual exactly. Tom Cruise to cameo at some yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one more for you. Yeah. Children of the Sean. Yeah. So, Sean's sick of life in the UK where it's just zombies and vampires. He sets up a nice little ranch in the US. Lo and behold, his kids are possessed. The children of the Sean. So, no Sean the Sheep. I know it's actually Sean the Sheep. Yeah, no Sean the Sheep. I'm afraid... um, Natural Sean Killers. Natural Sean Killers, that's in there. That's when Sean's gotten so good at kind of like killing zombies, vampires, his own possessed children that they, uh, they... you know them? Yeah. The evil consortium. Yeah. They put together a crack team of natural Sean killers that are trained specifically to kill Sean. They can't kill anything else. Literally, they couldn't kill a fly, but Sean. But, they can, I can't kill anything Ooh. else. But as soon as they see Sean, it's like homing in on him, dead. And the final film, uh, this isn't based on another film, but uh, will be uh, Sean Again Christian. <laughs> yeah. He finally makes peace. <laughs> <laughs> would you like an idea from me, John? I would, yeah. Sean Mower Man? Sean Mower Man's great. <laughs> yeah. For uh, those who have seen Just get in touch, guys. Edgar, Sean, just get in touch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one comes from Back D. Lilo and Hitch. So, Will Smith, dating expert, and 
girl from animated film of Alien. Okay, that's tricky because the best thing about uh, Lilo and Stitch was clearly Stitch. Yes. And the best thing about Hitch was obviously Kevin James. So what you've done is you've eliminated the two best halves. What I want to see... Kevin James I want to see Stitch. Kevin James and Stitch. <laughs> the original odd couple. I want to see that, that, them out there trying to make it happen. So, Kevin James... He, he puts the wrong coordinates into his GPS yep. when he's supposed to be going to see Hitch. Yeah, and he ends up in an animated land. <laughs> an We've anim- all done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he thinks that Stitch is some sort of dating expert. And Stitch just plays along. Yeah. But he's an alien. And, and the, the humour comes from the fact that Stitch clearly is giving horrible advice. Well, yeah, I think that's because predominantly... English isn't its first language, so <laughs> I, it's a lot of gesticulation, I imagine, from Stitch. <laughs> but the point is, it's that kind of thing where, like, he says, I'll go up to this lady. He doesn't say they go up to, he says, blah, 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 gestures. Yeah. And Kevin James does it, and somehow it works. That's Excellent. the humour comes from yeah, the fact yeah, yeah, yeah. that it should go terribly, but every time it seems to work. Yeah, and then Stitch starts to steal Hitch's glory because he's going viral online with his gesticulation. So you're saying that he goes viral... Stitch, mm-hmm. and he becomes the new Hitch. The new Hitch, yeah. But he's got like a YouTube channel. He's getting millions of views, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, he. Gets Meanwhile, a- Hitch can't catch a break, but you- until he meets Lilo. <laughs> <laughs> Lilo and Hitch, yes. But the, the other thing is also what you've got. What we didn't mention is that unfortunately, Stitch, his YouTube videos, despite his best intentions, get co-opted by uh, the Menonism campaign yeah and so he becomes a horrible like he becomes this like it's a bit like um pepe le frog yeah but for horrible misogynists on the internet <laughs> stitch becomes the icon for horrible misogynists on the internet horrible misogynists on the internet have needed a pin-up cartoon character <laughs> for a while now and they've, they've tested out a few that haven't landed yeah, and lo and behold stitch is their guy get it made do you want another idea please so this one comes in from mike uh, you know, the, you remember the speaking of kind of animated movies, very animated, animation heavy episode so far. Um, you remember the good dinosaur? Yeah. Well, how about the bad dinosaur? <laughs> yeah, I've seen the good dinosaur. Oh, thank God, because I haven't seen it. It's it's fine. It's it's Pixar's most fine movie. Sorry, that sounds like I'm saying it's their it's weakest the best. movie. It's their most comma fine movie. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I it's think everyone sees what you mean. Yeah. Why are you just really scared to slag off Pixar? No, 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 because I'm worried that I'm saying... Because in the old days, most fine is like, that dinner was most fine, which means great, <laughs> doesn't it? No one's ever come out of a film, especially a kid's <laughs> film. That was most fine. <laughs> you mean it was broadly okay? Yeah, because I think they've had a couple duds, mostly vehicle-based, mm-hmm. and they've otherwise had all hits. Yeah. And then Good Dinosaur's that one in the middle. Anyway... It's it's about a dinosaur who gets lost from his family. Oh, that's sad. Uh, that's and, really sad. And um, basically befriends a human mm-hmm. because that makes sense. Yeah. And eventually comes back to the family. Basically, it's there's more to it than that. All right. So what if it was a dickhead? How would that story then play out? I prefer that there's a third character who's a dickhead. Like the leather. older brother? Yeah, he's got a leather jacket. Yes. Some Sunglasses. He smokes all the hallmarks. big logs because obviously they don't have cigarettes in those days. I don't know how he got the leather jacket or the <laughs> aviators, but he well, did. he's just killing a cow. <laughs> it's pretty easy, mate. Well, you, you just basically kill a cow and wear its skin. That's how leather gets made. There's no sort of process. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he's wearing his leather jacket. He's probably the reason that the good dinosaur gets, you know, abandoned from his family. I reckon he frames him. Yeah. Frames him. Uh, so bad dinosaur's been caught with um, some big logs in his room that he shouldn't be smoking. <laughs> and he says it was good dinosaur. And good dinosaur gets kicked out of the family. And then we just follow bad dinosaur on his various escapades. <laughs> and then, like, the end is, like, he comes back and the bad dinosaur's like, fuck you. <laughs> right, no, no, I think he gives him his leather jacket. Oh, I thought... And then he becomes the he bad becomes designer. Bad, yeah, yeah. Designer. <laughs> the good designer. Next. Right. So, dinosaur, who is also a catwalk designer. He makes dresses for the the dinosaurs, and they do catwalks. I like it. Would it be called a catwalk in those days? Because uh, it'd be a saber tooth tiger walk. <laughs> Come on. There we go. Do you want another one from Yes, me? mate. Why do you think I'm here? I don't know anymore. All right. What about this one? This one comes in from Tim. Teresa Matrix. Right. <laughs> I, I could fully get behind the idea that Theresa May isn't living in this reality. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could both support her existing in another reality, but also understand the explanation that it, she isn't actually from this reality. We all know she swallowed the blue pill. Hey, hey, hey. Totally Aren't you supposed she? to swallow the red pill? Yeah, well, mate, I'm not going to tell you which way to vote, but yes. <laughs> Are you trying to say that it's a thinly veiled political concept, the Matrix? Yeah, Tories versus Labour, mate. <laughs> Where are the Lib Dems in that? They, 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 were, they were a spent force back when the Matrix came out. I'm trying to think where you could put the... Nah, it's too, it's too obvious. There's, no, there's no, nothing in the middle. Right, Theresa Matrix. Let's, think, let's not get into this from a really political standpoint. Let's just think of the concept of a Prime Minister in the Matrix world. Yeah, I've not watched The Matrix in a long, long time. Mostly remember, he wakes up in a bath, he's got a long leather jacket. I mean, I, and I can, I don't want to, but I can imagine Theresa May doing both of those things. <laughs> it's physically possible. It's the leather trousers, remember those? She yeah. wore those leather trousers <gasps> that were like 900 quid. Shit, <laughs> we're living in the fucking Matrix. <laughs> this, fuck. All we wanted to do, guys, when we started this podcast was make it a little bit of a fun. Yeah. podcast and we've accidentally broke the whole world oh fuck so that's it guys confirmed you're living in the matrix you're welcome to spend your time listening to this podcast while living in the matrix as opposed to you know maybe having some sort of existential crisis if you if you had concrete evidence that we were living in the matrix but had tweet us <laughs> <laughs> don't bother going to your local police station because they're part of it yeah but like how would you how would you how would you do anything about it are we Neo the new, are we the the new Alex Jones Despite how warm this room is, I'm not re- nearly red enough to be. Yet. He didn't start off red. You only get that red after years of rage. Shouting. Yeah. Have you seen that video uh, of uh, Alex Jones on the street and he's getting accosted yeah, by yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so good. Right. If you've got a moment and you buy a computer, please Google Alex Jones running because he runs. I saw someone tweet saying he runs exactly how you would imagine him to run and he really does. It's quite like a big, plodding, wide gate. Just like, boom, 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 I also really love that we've got our own Alex Jones in the UK. (laughs) And she couldn't be further from the mad, shit-spouting American version of Alex Jones. Although she does host a show... Interestingly, there is sort of a link in that she hosts a show that is essentially nonsense in the one show. This is true. It's different. It's harmless nonsense, though. It is harmless nonsense. I was mostly harmless. The Badger stuff can be pretty hurtful, but... 
Do they not like what's their agenda? What's their <laughs> stance? Don't. What's their stance on badges? Most broadly for, and I'm broadly against Joel. So, what do you hate about badges? You ever seen one? Smug. What, ha, talk to me about your de- real life dealings with badges. I don't think I've ever dealt with a badger, ever. No, no. I was in a car. I, always, I usually go for intermediaries with badges. As <laughs> yeah, you got middlemen. Middle yeah, fair enough. I understand that because they are lethal bastards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was in a car once. I hit a badger at 30 miles an hour. Took the bumper off. The badger just looked over its shoulder at the car and waddled off. They're fucking dense, mate. I reckon a badger could have you in a fight. I'd imagine so. Yeah. Mostly because I wouldn't fight it. Yeah, all right. I try and talk. Don't give me that shit. (laughs) If you were in this room now, this small room, you and a badger coming for you, (laughs) you just wouldn't fight it. Yeah, I try and talk. Oh, no, I love animals too much. No, anyone, even the most, you know, caring vegan would kick a badger in the face in in that instance. Of course they would. It's different circumstance. And once they've eaten the insulating foam off the wall, they would eat that badger's carcass. Are you trying to tell me that we can't achieve diplomacy between me and this badger. You, you and any badger. <laughs> the think... things you've said off the record about badgers, mate. <laughs> I've got those tapes. On the record now. I've got those tapes. And when the badgers eventually rise up, I'm selling you out. If badgers take over this country, yep. I don't want to be a part of it, Joel. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck all badgers. Kill me, Kill me first. <laughs> String me up. You'll be a martyr for the cause. I'm sick of this country. It's taken over by badgers. I think this has just turned a little bit Alex Jones. <laughs> shit badgers take we could be the uk's alex jones but we talk about shit like badgers and tea and the thing is because the fun thing is tea is tea is essentially foreign essentially foreign (laughs) hi you're listening to essentially foreign with me john harris here are some things in british culture that are essentially foreign and we should get rid of what will be left a badgers their their time to strike badgers are part of culture they're essentially they're essentially not foreign mate um (laughs) What is there in the UK that isn't essentially foreign? What would you keep? The chicken tikka masala? Nothing. That's my point, is that I can use, in my Alex Jones persona, yeah. I could start saying, and have you fucking noticed all this foreign tea? And I... then listeners would be like, fuck, you're right, and start throwing what out they start, their What do they drink? Nothing. That's the genius. Ties an iron brew, mate. <laughs> Scottish just warm boiled iron brew. For, uh, for I, I, look, let's just jack this in and let's start your podcast essentially foreign. <laughs> I'm essentially foreign. Yeah, I know. That's the final That's the episode. ultimate irony, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I've sold you up the river for 300 episodes now. Imagine that. All that's left is you. I've got an you. army of racists. Yeah, you've got an army of racists, <laughs> all with badges on leads, ready to, ready to storm Parliament, and you're there on a loud hailer, and the final fucking reveal is you, draped draped in the trickle air. <laughs> no, I pull, I pull a cord, and a French flag just drapes down me like a cape. <laughs> and you fly off. So that'd be fun. So, yeah. What are we uh, talking about? <laughs> Teresa Matrix. And, that, and that's your plot. Who sent that in? Tim. You're welcome, Tim. Uh, for the record, from like four minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, Alex Jones in the UK, for those who don't know, is a lovely Welsh lady who hosts television. Yes. Yeah. I just thought, for those who are going, what? A British Alex Jones? Awesome. Should we move on to our own suggestions, mate? <sighs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, so I'm up, mate. I'm up. You know what there aren't enough of? British things. British things. <laughs> uh, oh, please don't take that out of context. Mate, this is the most seamless transition in the history of podcasting, right? You know what there aren't enough of? British superheroes. <laughs> Genuinely, my, this is my pitch for the week, okay? There aren't, are there? <laughs> Marvel. Name one that's British. You can't. It's Captain Britain. Yeah, 
I'm talking about the movies here. Oh, right, fine. Captain Britain, yeah. Who's ever read a Captain no, Britain cartoon? I had a t-shirt of it, but... I Did you? Yeah. You are so, you are so lame. <laughs> Look, you had a Captain Britain t-shirt. People probably, most of, people most of the so, listeners of my essentially foreign People podcast. are so unfamiliar, like, unfamiliar with that character, they would just assume that was your nickname from like a stag do. <laughs> Captain Britain. Um, yeah, so there's Captain Britain. No film about him in the pipeline. Yeah. None of the DC ones. So I reckon, mate, it's time for a Cockney superhero. Yeah. I'll give you any old Iron Man. For those who don't understand, can you... I know it's bad to explain something like this, but can you explain that, please? Okay, so Iron Man's a very popular uh, Marvel (laughs) superhero. He's such an idiot. Uh, So um, we're talking about scrap collectors here. I I envision the the heady day of the scrap collectors, sort of 40s, 50s Britain. Yeah. East End, I'm picturing. Yeah. East End... Or maybe so, like maybe like Leighton Way or South London, like Deptford. Yeah. And any old iron is like a famous like song, right, from that time. Any old iron, any old iron, any 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 old iron. You let neat talk about a treat. You let dapper from your nappy to your feet. Old iron, old iron. So that's what they'd sing, and that's uh, so basically they walk down the street going, "Any old iron, any old iron," and people would bring out their iron. And like donate it to, or like the guy would buy it, like a mm. scrap collector, essentially like a moving scrap heap. Yeah, you can see where this is going. He builds up enough scrap metal that he's able to form himself into a superhero um, to fight crime in London. I think it's genuinely quite a good idea, right? But in the for- so he hasn't got technology on his side. So essentially, all he can offer is be a man, kind of in armor, with a gun. Yeah, but he knows the streets like no one else. Oh, here we go. He's got the knowledge. He's got I know the that's knowledge. future, but it's fine. He's got we the can, knowledge. We can use that. Yeah. I don't think we have to be too... He's got the knowledge and an unlimited supply of iron. And you're forgetting that the bad guy... This is 40s, 50s. That's the bad his, guys that's haven't the got tagline, by the way. <laughs> He's got the knowledge and an unlimited supply of iron. Yeah. Scrap metal. For the record, for anyone listening outside of the UK who thinks Joel's just made all of that shit up, he hasn't. It's all true. It's all true. There's still strange that kind of thing still sort of exists um, where I live. There, there's still a guy who drives around the village really slowly, bibbing his horn, just selling fish out of a van. <laughs> it, honestly, he's got his window wound down. He drives at five miles an hour around the village, and he just shouts out the window, "Fish!" Yeah. And people just walk up to the van and buy fish. <laughs> Isn't that mad? Of all things you'd buy from a van, I feel like fish is really low on the list. It's pretty low. It's pretty low. I like this. I'm actually genu- like fully on board for this. So we need to flesh this out. We need to add some... Because we've got to sell it internationally. So we're really going to push push home the London scene. Yeah, 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 stuff yeah like Big this. time. Okay, he gets on a double-decker bus. Yeah. That goes past <laughs> Parliament. So what? he's he's a practical superhero. Yeah. I'd say he's your Iron Man. He's your Batman. He's, a, he's, he's self-made. So he teams up with someone with the brain. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I was thinking the villain has to be one that gets into an accident. Okay. I'm thinking... On Tower smog. Bridge? The smog. Yeah. Nice. I so, like it. So somehow... It's a real pea super out there tonight. Yeah. And he goes out and he inhales so much yes. that it becomes part of his DNA. Nice. And you, it's very difficult to hit fog with iron. <laughs> Famously. That's a line from the film. Isn't <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do, Karen. It's impossible to hit. There weren't any Karens back then. What's, the ne- what's, the, what's his wife's name? Deirdre. <laughs> I don't know what to do, Deirdre. It's impossible to punch smog with iron. <laughs> so he has to go back to the drawing board. But handily, he knows the streets. And what he does is he corners the smog at one point <laughs> with some corrugated iron. The embarrassing... Because like we said, he's not the brains of the operation. There is a really, really funny bit where he tries to catch it in a net. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Any old Iron Man? I'm on board. Give me your pitch. Oh, there's no point. 
Did you see uh, the big summer release on Netflix by Bong Joon-ho? Okja. Imagine if instead they had cloned R&B 90s rap superstar Ok Ja Rule. <laughs> well, and they sent 10 different Ja Rules to different <laughs> yeah. areas of the globe. Yeah. And some didn't so some didn't grow up to have the husky voice because yeah. they were in different parts of the country. Nice, world. nice. Uh, and at the end they have a big rap contest. A rap contest. <laughs> Um, what do they call it in the hippity hop world? You know, where they rap at each other. <laughs> I once went to uh, what was said to be an appearance at a nightclub from Jar Rule. Yeah. A uh, uh, Liquid and Envy in Portsmouth. And I got there and they were like, right, it's time to bring Jar Rule out. And it's 10 amazing. Came out. Pardon? And 10 came out. 10, no. He appeared on a screen and it was like a simulcast to all Liquid Envies in the country. <laughs> what? Yeah. And it was like raised ticket price. And what? So he didn't it was perform. just a tiny asterisk. He didn't perform. It was just like. Yeah, he just waved. Fucking hell. Unbelievable. And, but he did say to all the people that we live in it up. So, I mean, that's worth it, right? That's worth the three quid extra on the door. Everyone's like, boo. And then he just goes, all my people that be living it up. You're like, yes. What? I do. So, we're in. My love is for you. How many episodes do you think you've gone so, uh, without we singing? Get what? Mate, I'll stop doing it when they stop compl- when they stop complaining. <laughs> I'll stop doing it when they start complaining. Please, at Dream Factory Pod. Right, we are in Canada, so nice. we're, we're with the Canada Jar Rule. Yeah, raised from very, infancy. very close to where he's actually from. Really, <laughs> raised from infancy in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is being Jar Rule inherent, or is being Jar Rule learnt from um, society around you? You wait, mate. That's our Jar Rules born or are jar rules made exactly that's that's the tagline tagline. what we find out is and i think this is a it's it's a nature versus nurture we have some scenes from his childhood he's bullied he's bullied at school in canada and it actually leads to him being a very very shy jar rule yeah and they're the family's petrified because Tilda Swinton's character is going to kill the families of every jar rule yeah of course loses yeah yeah so they're only the winning family and so we're getting closer and closer to the big concert day and they're petrified because mm-hmm. he hasn't even shown any signs of being able to rap. Yeah. But don't worry. It turns out it is nature, not nurture. As soon as he, he sets, fucking smashes it. I love it. I love it. Kills Tilda Swinton so the other jar rules don't die. I'm on it. I'm all about it. And they all live in a big jar rule ranch forever. <laughs> Reality TV show on MTV. Perfect. Right. I think that pretty much brings us to the end, John. The jar real life. You come on. Uh, who, who, what wins this week? That was a solid, that was some solid pitches. You're right, it's any old Iron Man. <laughs> I quite liked I quite liked um <laughs> Kevin James and Stitch. Yeah, it's Kevin James and Stitch because that's the that's the perfect combination of us and the listener. And that's kind of the that's where we want to be, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. So thank you very much for listening. Obviously, as ever, the reason we've had to wrap up is because there is a a rat a tat tat on the studio door and it's jar rule, John. I knew I knew this was happening. Sometimes we can get a little extra five minutes or so, but the thing about jar rule is he's always on time. <laughs> <laughs> so Look, he may not be there when yeah. you call right so he'll make the book in and you'll ring him and be like i just want to double check the book in and he's not always there when you call but when he's made that book in, he always arrives on time but he's joe says he's here but it's actually just someone's rolled in a tv screen like in a science <laughs> class <laughs> but ashanti is here <laughs> everybody that be living it up so check out his podcast yeah
Bonfire night, mate. Remember in the intro, I made all those bonfire night references. Bonfire night? Do you remember that? Yeah, I was there. They were good, weren't they? There were three in there. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Did you have some backup puns just in case? No. Oh, that's a real shame. Um, you know me. Fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> How do you feel about bonfire night? It's really great. Guy it Fawkes is really night. good, isn't it? it? Like, you know, we don't have Thanksgiving or like mass shootings, but we have bonfire night in the UK. And that's really good. Yeah. Um, I live more central in London than I've ever done before in my life. And it does put me how, a bit how, on edge. What is it like up Nelson's Column? <laughs> I bet the view of the fireworks is amazing, <laughs> right? Right on the Thames. You right see it, the Thames. Thames. Just all those explosions. Yeah. So, yeah, 5th of November, fireworks. It's it's a weird one. I was listening to um, Taika Waititi, the director of Four Ragnarok, try and expect, because mm-hmm. apparently it happens in Australia and New Zealand as well, which blows my mind that they're there celebrating... The gunpowder plot? Yeah. Or do they have their own thing? No, they have... That's gun- crazy. Really How odd. have we exported that? But he didn't quite get it, because he was like, it's weird that we're celebrating someone trying to destroy the Houses of Parliament. Little does he know, we're actually celebrating that guy getting killed. Yeah, big time. That's why we burn him on a bonfire. <laughs> Literal, there's effigies around, I, you know. It's weird because, yeah, I think we look at other cultures and go, it's it's mad what other cultures do. But then you have to look at yourself and think, every 5th of November we go to a big party where we drink soup out yep. of a furnace yeah, yeah, yeah. and watch... Toffee apple, mate. Don't forget the toffee yeah. apples. And so as kids, we would have spent, I don't know if you did, but did you ever enter like a competition where you'd have to make a guy... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you make a guy. There's, so there's ten effigies. Toss him on a fire. There's like ten effigies, and one wins, and yeah. they toss all the rest on the fire yeah. as well. It's just unbelievable. Because a few hundred years ago, he tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, st- get over it. I know. Didn't he? Um, when he was caught, and they like, I mean, this is obviously spurious because of it's just like first-hand accounts from hundreds of years ago. But he was caught in the House of Parliament, and they were like, "Who are you?" He was like, "Um, John Smith." <laughs> It's like him going, um, Ian, gunpowder. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. In one of the museums um, in London, they have, you can Google it as well, it's absolutely incredible. They have Guy Fawkes' signature from when he was first caught and then Guy Fawkes' signature after he'd been subjected to torture. And it's genuinely fascinating. Like He obviously just had nothing left in him. Ugh, that's yeah. creepy. It is really Ugh. creepy, yeah. Fascinating little... Little snippet though, and we celebrate that every year. Yeah, basically, we all have a toffee apple and celebrate that, mate. <laughs> That's great. But you know, it's democracy in action. I say protest. Imagine if it had happened, how different things might be. Probably not very. We're not very good at revolutions. No. Had it's... one, and they had one. Literally, got rid of a king. A couple of years later, oh, what has happened back? Hey. Everyone else has stuck to their. Your mob stuck to their revolution, didn't they? Gave themselves a new flag, new national anthem. Yeah. Beheaded kings in the street. Actually, we we fired one. You know, so let's let's just go back to how it was. I mean, on the subject of kind of weirdly brutal traditions, the Marseillaise is proper hardcore stuff. Yeah, but if you get far enough into the into our national anthem, yeah, it's get some dodgy bits about our attitude towards Scottish people. <laughs> they really are. It's like get rid of them. I am brew drinking pricks. Stuff like that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Essentially and we, foreign. And next gonna, week. <laughs> Bye. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.